I'd invite you to please join me for a word, for a word of prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our assembled hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's amazing the ebb and flow of emotion from day to day and moment to moment when, when the world goes through a crisis as if we're going through now. It seemed to me this week that the, 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 the days went slowly, but the moments went quickly. And maybe that sounds kind of odd, but I'd look up at the clock, it'd be 4, 4.30, and I thought, man, there's still lots to do. And it, it just seemed, then looking back at the week, that it went, went so quickly. Maybe it's the emotion. The emotion tends to wear us out a little bit. We're not used to going through the emotion and feeling the feelings that maybe we feel through the time of a crisis. And maybe that simply wears you out as well. I don't see a lot of peace or hear a lot of peace, but I do know that the presence of God is in us and, and among us. Kind of goes with the territory. The emotion, the ebb and flow, it goes with the territory of dealing with the circumstances of of life. In our text this morning from Psalm 22, King David is right there. He's suffering in a different way. It's not a disease, it's his adversaries, the other kings around him. He feels them rising up against him. They're conspiring to take him out. And so David says those words and begins this psalm in such a painful way. He starts his lament with these words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's hardcore. David David is looking at what seems to be going on. It looks like he's being surrounded. It looks like he's going to be squeezed. It looks like... He's all alone. It feels like God has left him because that's what seems to be. As he looked out the palace window and saw his enemies rising up around him, he, he thought he'd been forsaken of God. It seems to me like we've been neck deep in what seems over the last number of weeks. We hear this, we read that, this is what it seems to be. It all leads us to to people's criticisms, projections, observation. And then in our mind we say, here's what I think. Here's what reality seems to be for me. And we order our hearts, our actions, our behaviors, our emotions based on what seems to be. Maybe our best guess of tying together all of the stimulus that we receive day in and day out. A good guess, but sometimes not an accurate guess. In our church life, we've been making decisions and trying to work and do the best we can with what we have. And it seems as if every time we make a decision, the the, the rug gets pulled out from underneath us. It seems like we're either uh, 12 hours ahead or 12 hours behind. And with that goes what seems to be and what we think will be the appointed best decision for the moment. If you're wondering about 
the emotion and the ebb and flow, thinking about your job, your business, your family, your life, your education. Maybe you identify with what seems to be and always being just a little bit ahead or a little bit behind of the decision-making curve. What seems to be isn't always what is. King David also looked at what was reasonable Again, he looked out the palace window. He saw the armies gathering around him. And he writes, I can count all my bones. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. And with those words, David kind of wallows in what's reasonable. He looks and sees and makes his decision of what he's going to do. He thinks he has it all figured out. He thinks the armies are going to advance, that God has left him. And now he's all on his own. And that leads him to such a heavy and a... It leaves him in a place where he feels isolated and alone. All reasonable. Maybe you've felt that way over the last couple of weeks. This seems reasonable, that seems reasonable. We sift all of those pieces of data through our mind's eye, through the, through the mind of reason and understanding, and we say, well, this makes sense, and that makes sense, and this doesn't make sense, and this is ridiculous. So then we, we think we have it figured out reasonably. People like me look at it and say, well, it's going to get better. I, I look at what I see going on. And when I sift all of the reasonable things, I say, it's got to get better. I hear this, I jump to a conclusion, and then people like me, we feel disappointed when it doesn't come down like we think is reasonable. Some are on the other side of that coin. And it's hard for them. They, they take in the things that are negative, negative predictions, and they prepare themselves for the worst. Their hearts hurt, and they wonder if they, things will be as bad or maybe worse than what seems to be reasonable. And they say in their hearts, I knew it. I knew this was going to come down. I knew it was going to be like this. I knew it wouldn't get any better. They've taken what's reasonable and led it into a regression into negativity and like King David in Psalm 22 a sense of being isolated and alone what seems to be isn't always reality and what is reasonable isn't usually all that's going on because there is what is there is the reality that supports what seems and what's reasonable and David finally gets himself to that platform of reality of what really is he begins his clear thinking in verse 19 but you O Lord be not far off oh my strength come quickly to save me David looks at the promises of God what God has done in the past he realizes what is and what has been that in the past God had delivered him and rescued him. And even now that God is with him to protect him. Even now God is writing a new story for David and for the people of God. A new future that may, e may be even better than what seems 
or what makes sense. God is doing what God does. And when that dawns on King David, it changes his whole way of thinking. It changes the whole tone of his song. It's as if he goes from close to open, from negative to positive, from fearful to hopeful. Because what is, is driven by God. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I don't want to do Easter in an empty church. And we're thinking and planning and trying to figure out what's the best way to do it and how to do it and what's going on and, and all of those things. But rest assured, there will be a celebration of Easter because the focus of the work of God and reality for us as Christians is the death and the resurrection of Jesus. It's at Good Friday at the cross. It's at the open tomb of Easter that we get to what is real. We get to what is, not what seems to be or what makes sense, but what is. Jesus himself goes to the words of Psalm 22 from the cross he reiterates, he, he, he speaks those words of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Jesus says. And again in verse 18, Jesus fulfills the prophecy. They divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. See, Jesus is in the business of defining reality. It seemed on Good Friday like he was defeated and abandoned. Zero chance and zero hope. And that all made sense because one man dying doesn't make that big of a difference. It only made sense that Jesus of Nazareth would be a, a man, a prophet for a season, and that he was gone, his, his followers would scatter, and he would be done. That's what happened hundreds and hundreds of times before. But there was something bigger going on because that's how God rolls. Jesus is not the Lord of the dead, but Jesus is the Lord of the living, the Lord of life. Because He seemed defeated, but wasn't really. The cross upon which He hung was the sign and seal of His victory. Reason dictated that Jesus was over, but God raised Him unreasonably from the dead. God rescued, God raised, God delivered. And so God blesses you and me. And all through faith receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. He delivers life and salvation because of what is. Christ is alive and working within us. Here and now in your homes in you in the work of being family of gathering together and finding comfort in community that's what the spirit of the living christ does working and active close to us delivering rescuing healing binding up and putting his praise on our lips 
One of my favorite conversations in all of Scripture is the conversation between God and Moses in Exodus chapter 3. It's an exercise in how to negotiate with God and the reality that God always has something more going on. The Lord comes down in the burning bush to Moses and said, Moses, you're going to go to the most powerful man in the world and what you're going to do is tell him that you're taking his workforce away from him. Moses says, I'm not going, I can't speak. God says, I'll bring Aaron. Well, what will we do? What will we tell them? God lays it all out. Moses said, well, who will I, who should I say sent me to you, Pharaoh? And the Lord says to Moses, you tell him, I am who I am, has sent me to you. I am who I am, God named himself. God is the God who is active in history. The God who has determined what is. And the God who determines what will be. I am who I am has sent me to you, Moses is to tell Pharaoh. The God who is living and active. The God who is working in the here and now working in the laboratories and in the scientific community, working to bring insight and intelligence to bear. I am who I am is working in hospitals, among nurses and physicians, and all who tend to those who are ill. I am who I am is working in the politics in Washington, D.C. and beyond, working in history among His people to bring health and wholeness and healing. God does not say, I did what I did. He says, I am who I am. And and I am who I am is working in your heart and in the life of your family to do for you what He did for King David and for His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I am who I am is inspiring, delivering, healing, comforting, protecting, resourcing, caring, intervening, praying. I am who I am is with you now and will be with you through the end of this piece of history and on into the future. I am who I am has sent me to you. We are getting set for Palm Sunday. We are getting set for Good Friday and Monday, Thursday and, and Easter because we find a sense of peace and connectedness to God in the story of God being with His people through the ins and outs, the ebbs and flows, through the times that are easy and the times that are challenging. It's in those easy times and those challenging times and everything in between that the presence of God is ours Jesus, and in that presence we find reality, a reality based on something bigger than what seems and something grander than what is reasonable.
for we are in Christ. He is the great I am, the one who is with us here and now and go with us into the future. In the name of Jesus, amen.